Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Today we're going to talk about the transformative wisdom of animals, how they help you grow and expand your soul to your highest calling. My guest, Lynn McKenzie, is an animal communicator and 30-year educator and owner of the Animal Energy Certification Training Program. Her new book is Bark, Name, Meow, Awaken to the Transformative Wisdom of Your Companion Animal, to activate your soul's highest calling. Welcome to the show, Lynn. Thank you thanks. so much, Barb. It's thanks a for being here. Yes, it's a pleasure. And now tell me, what, what opened your soul? What, what brought you to uh, being able to communicate with animals? You know, it was, uh, it was a progression. It was a path that, was, that kind of progressed. So I was born loving animals, very, like, I just, felt like I needed animals. I needed to be around them. I loved them. I wanted to know so much about them and and all that kind of thing. And then through life, um, different things came came about. I wished for a dog every year um, so badly. Like for my parents, we didn't have any animals when I was really young, except, you know, they'd let me get fish or a turtle or something like that. My sister had a budgie. They didn't really go for the cats and dogs and things that I wanted. But finally, after begging for a dog for most of our lives, we got a dog when I was in grade four. And um, then you were in what? Fourth grade. Oh, fourth grade. Thanks. I'm Canadian. So we say grade four. Yeah. What was that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I was in fourth grade. And then, you know, when I got to be a a young, like a, I guess about 14 or 15, I became kind of horse crazy. and I spent a lot of time riding horses and, and doing everything you can do with a horse, grooming them, mucking out stalls, doing, you know, feeding them, watering them, the whole bit, turning them out. And I became horse obsessed. And like, I felt like I wanted a horse as I needed a horse really as much as I needed food to eat and air to breathe. That's kind of how it, it went. And, and really the reason that was is because my, it was part of my soul's mission to be with horses. And I really believe that in spending as much time as I did with horses, because eventually I got to the stage where I got my own horse. I, um, I rode probably two horses a day, almost every day of my life. Wow. And when you, and horses communicate like wind through, like the, through the herd. And when a herd's in, in the wild or outside, it's like, it's like wind going through uh, a herd. And I feel like all the time I spent with horses, really helped to develop, you know, my own innate gifts, my own um, higher calling, you know, or mission or whatever you want to call it here on this earth. So I, I got to the point where I could communicate with those horses, or I could receive the communication of those horses. But that was still not, I wasn't completely conscious of it the way I am now. This was, you know, in the in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So um Nobody was really talking about animal communication then in my world. You know, I'm sure there were people, you know, some in California. I know Penelope Smith wrote her books in the 70s. But, mm-hmm. but you know, so that is, that is the basis of it, looking back on it now. Because when in hindsight, you can always see things a lot more clearly than you see them as you're going through them. So then what happened was I ended up... Um, t- taking, I I was in real estate. I wanted to switch careers. I was really successful at it and and happy with it in many ways, but I didn't feel like it was fulfilling my soul in a deep way. Mm -hmm. I felt like there was something more that I was here on this earth to do. So I, I did some career counseling and, you know, with, with my counselor, we decided I would take a psychotherapy training program to become a psychotherapist. But I took a very spiritual, metaphysical-based one. And um, and then through all of that, that led me into the energetics. I was very thrilled with everything energetic. So I took every training I could get my hands on for many, many years. My real estate career was funding my new education, so yeah. to speak. And Can I, I ask you, 
Yeah. Can I ask a big, uh, quick question though? Um, Before you took the actual training, were you communicating with the animals like naturally? I feel like I was, but I wasn't as aware of it. I wasn't like in my head consciously going, I'm going to ask this horse or dog what they want. And they're going to tell me, I feel like it was happening, but it was a little bit murky. You know, I wasn't Mm -hmm. as conscious of what I was doing. And then you able to listen. Could you hear them before the training? I wasn't listening quite in the way, like I wasn't aware kind of of it. So I was receiving things from them, but nothing like after I had taken my training, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, all my trainings led me to the animal communication training. And then it was like a dam broke open kind of thing. Okay. And then uh, this question is a lot off the track, but I've always wanted to ask it. What is with, Teenage girls and horses. Do you have any insight into that? It's not teenage boys. It's always teenage girls. Well, you know, it's interesting because in my trainings, and I've trained a ton of people, 99.9% of the people who take my training are women as well. Mm -hmm. You know, not, and that's not to say that any man who's interested in this can't do it. You know what I mean? Um, But you know, I think there comes a point in a, in a girl's life at some point where there's this yearning for more. For those for those who are like drawn to the spiritual metaphysical, many of them don't know that's why they're drawn so strongly to the horses, but I honestly believe, I mean horses are just these amazing energetic beings when you're when you're grooming a horse when you're riding a horse when you're working with horses you're always in the energy of their heart chakra they have huge heart chakras and it you know you're sitting in that energy when you're riding okay that might be it right there yeah i think it's really about the energetics and you know some some i mean and there are certainly horsewomen who get into horses and spend their lives with horses and don't don't even open up to any of this as well. Mm-hmm. But it's a wonderful, all-consuming hobby. You know, it's a wonderful place to put your energy. And uh, and I assume, too, that the girls that are um, brought, you know, especially teenage girls that are brought to horses, um, that they, they are receiving that healing and that intuitive without oh, yeah. knowledge of it. In other words, you don't have to know about it. It's magic. Like Mm -hmm. what horses do for people is magic. You know, I mean, we part, they chose to partner with us. We partner with them. You know, I'm not, there's not a lot of beasts of that size that are, that, that are willingly, you know, helping humans. That are (laughs) that open to helping. And, um, and going along with the humans, you know, ways, but Mm -hmm. um, absolutely they, they're so healing. They're so they're just like, it's, you know, there's just this, this, you know, it's, it's more than just the intuitive side though. Like it's a way of learning about yourself when you're around horses, because you have to be 100% authentic with horses and mm-hmm. you know, you can't fake it. You can't, you, it's like it. And, and for some people, it's the only place they can be 100% authentic once they learn how to do that. And it teaches, you know, that's why, that's why there's so much, um, you know, equine assisted experiential learning, equine assisted psychotherapy, there's team building now for corporations through horses, you know, so much horses offer us so much. I have checked in with horse, the energy and the communication of horses. And I have to admit, when I first learned to communicate with animals, I had not a negative opinion of horses, but I didn't see their value in the world. I mean, they were no longer working so they were only um, here to be ridden on occasion, that kind of thing. I didn't see the purpose. And oh, yet they're, when they're I communicated amazing. yeah, with them, I thought, oh, my God, here's a purpose. They're, they're, um, their spiritual mm, support is so huge that um, there's no other – a horse doesn't need any other purpose. That spiritual support – not only to their owners, but they will support anyone around them. And they will also run energy from what I saw, um, run emotions off of their, their owners and sometimes other people around them to, to alleviate some of the angst or whatever that um, owners can be going through. They will take that tension off. 
They're like it's therapists. Fascinating. They're like therapists, you know, with yeah. on all levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Right, right. Um, and then I think women or girls are drawn more to horses, is my opinion. Um, because women are more intuitive. Women just naturally their their energy is more open to the spiritual. Yeah. And um, they're just more intuitive. And of course, then you have the horses that work that way. And yeah, I, and there's I absolutely some, yeah, there's yeah. absolutely exceptions to that where, you know, some men are and, and, you know, um, but you know, it's, it, you know, and you know, there's different levels that you can be with a horse, you know, you could be with a horse and, and be completely unconscious and never experience any of the magic, but horses are very magical to me. Mm-hmm. Well, never consciously experience it. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think you can be with a horse and not be impacted no, by it. it's doing something for you but you know there's right. the odd you know person who never sees that side of it right now but you you talk about in your book about um animals bringing you to your soul's destiny how does that happen so i truly believe that our animals partner with us to help us move in the direction of our soul's divine mission so so you know you could think of it like our cat a cat like that like I believe our animals are keepers of our soul's divine mission. I feel like they're keepers of the wisdom that we are here to awaken to if we choose to, not everyone mm-hmm. chooses. But um, so think of it almost like they have access to our Akashic records. And that may or may not be a new concept for your listeners. I don't know. But, you know, it basically it's like, you know, they, they know everything about who we are, our highest potential, you know, what, what gifts we can manifest, all of that sort of thing. So by coming to us, I believe that in most cases, you know, if, if like, even if we're not conscious of it, you mm-hmm. know, if we look back and let's say we had a dog in our life for 15 years or 14 years or whatever, maybe, um, if we look back on that time that that dog was with us, we can see how we transformed. And I truly believe that in, in dog, cat, horse, you know, whatever, iguana, right. any, All any, animals, yeah. any animal, any living being um, that we choose to partner with. So, um, so, and, and this really came to pass. And I write about this in chapter four. Um, I have in the whole book, three of the chapters are about me and, animals that are completely related to me. And the rest of the chapters are about um, stories of clients of mine and Mm -hmm. things that have happened through that. But chapter four is about my golden retriever Jiggs who came to me in 1993 as a nine week old puppy. And he was sick. Like Mm -hmm. within a week or two of him being with me, he kept getting sick over and over and over again. And um, so, you know, he ended up, in a real circuitous way, I ended up realizing that I had to be the one to help him because I kept taking him to the vets and doing whatever they said. He, he, he kept having this recurring situation and nobody could seem to stop it from happening. So, um, so then I thought, well, I use holistic stuff for myself. I need to use holistic stuff for him. I took him, to, I found a holistic vet like an hour and a half or two hours out of town, took him there. Um, she said he might not live past six if I didn't get this under control. And, you know, I just, I started learning how to do healing. So it was a combination. Like I did energetic healing. I learned to communicate with him to see what his needs were. I did, uh, you know, um, I changed his, his food and his supplements and, you know, really worked on him holistically on all levels. And what did what he I, tell you through, what? What did he, when you communicated with him? What did he tell you? Well, he really wanted me to start using the kinds of, I mean, this is 1993, so <laughs> mm-hmm. I have to remember, but he, he really wanted me to use the information that I knew Mm-hmm. Um, to, to, you know, regarding healing, anything holistic, like remove any kind of chemicals from the home, which I didn't really use much anyways, I don't think. But, you know, I stopped doing anything that was going to be harmful to him. And I really checked in with every single item that was in my house that he that went into his body. Um, I, you know, I started just treating him holistically. Eventually, I, I fed him a homemade diet that I first bought and then eventually made myself for him. Um, but I 
you know, he got through his issues and lived a really happy life. He lived to 14 and a half and he was an 85 pound dog. But what was interesting is I was at the same, like, I feel like he was the one who nudged me to take the animal communication training. And through him, I met Lucero, who's I call Lucero is my spirit guide. He was in the physical plane when I met him at the course, but I call him an ascended master of the equine realm. And he's this phenomenal being, Jigs and him together, they are the, the two main, like, um, guides for all of the students in all of my trainings, which is mm-hmm. pretty amazing. And so it was like, and, and as soon as I met Lucero, like, and I met him through a photograph when I was communicating with him at the training, I mean, the, one of the first things he said to me was that he knew Jigs. And I was like, how can you know Jigs? Jigs you know? Your dog Jigs. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Did Lucero, he help heal Jigs? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. He's helped. He's helped with every single thing I've done in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, from that point onward, I mean, he's called meetings of healers through like his through his person, um, you know, he, and he even has told her who to invite, even while he's been in spirit. Like he crossed over in 2002. You know, this I started all this back when Jigs came to me in 93. So it was like it was already and Jigs was the catalyst sort of for mm-hmm. it for, to get the ball rolling for me. And, you know, through Jigs, I was taking all this healing training and the, the spiritual, the, 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 the spiritual psychotherapy, metaphysical psychotherapy training. And what I learned through all of this was I could apply all of that to animals. So I was trying to start a practice for people initially mm-hmm. and it was working, but it wasn't going to the way I wasn't taking off. And it's kind of funny because then I realized, hey, I could do all this with animals. And all my people, when they found out I was working with animals, started asking me to work with their animals. And my business just took off. The Toronto Star even contacted me and asked me if they could write an article on it. And they weren't spiritually oriented. And they wrote the whole front page of the life section and the inside back page was almost all about this article about animal communication and healing, which... You know, that wasn't their thing. And and they came out, you know, way back when. (laughs) So, you know, so first of all, I just want to say that I think we have many, you know, spirit animals or animal spirits or totems or whatever you want to call it that help us, you know, like we could have a species like bear could be a totem for us that helps us with our life and in all areas of our work. And in my case, specifically with my psychic intuitive and animal communication and healing work. So um, I happened to go to this um, through one of the healing courses I was in. I was, uh, I was in this vortex alignment training um, with my body alignment technique teacher back in the 90s, early 90s. And this girl there told me about this animal communication training. So I actually, um, and it was in person. It wasn't online then because the internet wasn't even in existence when I started yeah. this. Yeah. So I found out about the training and I went, I went out to the training. It was like about a four-hour drive. And everybody was supposed to bring a picture of an animal companion. So the way the training worked was we were, we went, it was at a horse farm. We went out into the barn or they had dogs, I believe we, and we started communicating with the animals there, which, um, which I did. And then she wanted to teach us how to do it over distance. And that's pretty much how everyone does it these days. Mm -hmm. And I, so I went, um, I went to, um, uh, so I went, you know, I went into the room, went to get, get my picture and I'd forgotten my picture of Jigs and Jigs was like, you know, the animal love of my life. He was like yeah. what my whole life was about, especially because he hadn't been that well. And um, and I've had a couple of life situations happen um, that made me even maybe, you know, needing, more needing an animal friend even more at the time. Yeah. So anyhow, um I didn't have his photo. And she said, okay, you know, it's easier to communicate when you're brand new at it with an animal you don't know. I think that's a good way to start anyways. Then you know if what you're getting is real because you can confirm it with someone. So she said, trade photos with someone in the class. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I went up to her and I'm like, oh my goodness, I forgot my photo of my dog or, you know. So she said, no problem, I have some. And she handed me a stack of like, you know, this thick of photos. (laughs) And she just said, just choose one. These are all animals that want to help with this. 
So I'm like flipping through the photos and I mean, there was lots of great photos, but you know, I kept getting a no, 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 no. And I was getting near the bottom of the pile and this horse was there and it was like he illuminated and jumped off the page at me, you know? And I was like, I had to talk to him and I knew nothing about any of these animals. She just handed me the stack and went off to help somebody else. So I started connecting with him and I guess his name was written on the back of the page, I think of the, picture and his name was Lucero and honestly that was like the biggest breakthrough for me it was like like the heavens opened and there was like oh you know <laughs> you know it was like light shone down on me I started you know it was like my crown chakra opened and he just started downloading and pouring information into me and let me know that he would channel me with me forever and be with me forever was Lucero alive he was alive. Okay. And does it matter? No, it doesn't. Because okay. um, we're connecting with the soul spirit, sort of part of the uh, being that, that, that essence that stays, you know, that doesn't end. Like, I believe that, you know, we don't end with the ending of our physical beings mm-hmm. and neither do our animal companions. So he, it was like, it was, it was one of those, you know, moments in life. Like I felt like I was completely changed. I had a four hour drive home after that weekend and I don't even feel like my tires touched the ground. Wow. So much happened. And he's still a part of all my trainings. Now he crossed over. That was back in the early nineties. He did cross over in 2002. Did you actually go and meet him? Yes. Oh, yes. Because when, <laughs> after I talked, like I was telling the teacher, like, cause then we were sharing and she's like, Oh, you got Lucero. He's really special. Like, it was like, I, it was like I was being guided to go to the bottom of the pile to get to him. I really mm-hmm. believe that. And um, to, to be able to connect with him, it was like, you know, and I believe Jigs even helped orchestrate all this because both of those souls were very familiar with me. I just wasn't familiar with them. Yeah. And um so they're like, you know, like these two high end, you know, spiritual beings now that are part of everything. And um, it was it was just it was like it was just an amazing experience. And he te- he continues to be that way for my students. So, you knew instantly the minute you saw that picture, Lucero introduced himself and you knew instantly this is. Yeah. And I believe animal. all those animals in that thick stack you know, bowed out to let me get right. to them because right. I mean, they, they, everyone was a perfect animal to communicate with. But I, it was like, I was like, no, 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 no. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. what if I get to the end and I <laughs> still getting, getting a no kind of thing. But it was like, I was just like, yes, when he came <laughs> along, when his picture came up in front of me. Now, when you use Lucero in your classes and you introduce Lucero to your, to your students, um, is Lucero their spirit guide or does another animal come in as their spirit guide? So I have, so I believe we have healing teams. That's how I, what I call it in my training. Mm-hmm. So Lucero and Jigs are like the head honchos kind of of my healing team. I believe they are part of all of my students' healing teams as well as others. And, you know, my stu- we do work on getting our animal totem, like whether it be beaver or bear or horse or, you know, hawk or whatever it may be. We work with that as well. So I, so I kind of think of our animal totems as, as a species energy that assists us in our healing team. But I honestly believe our healing team is made up of all kinds of beings. Those who have gone before us, our ancestors, it could be ascended masters and um, archangels and, you know, all of that. So I, so that's the way my training has always been. So, so Lucero and Jigs are an integral part, but, you know, sometimes for students that they might have, a being that steps up as their head, you know, like I would say they're, they're the upper echelon of mine, my training of my, my healing team. But what I feel is that, you know, we have all these beings and, you know, although they're going to be on most of my, like, so Lucero told me years ago, cause I asked him about this one time in a, in a channeling sort of situation with him or a communion connection, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And I said, why are certain students drawn to my work? Because 
there are people who are drawn to my work so strongly, you know, like I've had people email me in the old days and um, say, you know, I just read your website and I was bawling my eyes out or I read your article or I, you know, now, even now with the book and I cried the whole way through and I knew it was like a deep connection and I meant to learn from you. But I didn't know why. And Lucero said they're all part of his soul group, like his and Jig's soul group attract these certain people who know they're supposed to be with us. I'm not saying I'm for everybody, but certainly the people who are connected to those energies, and, and it's a lot of people all over the world, end up coming to this, to, to, to be with this energy and learn this way. And you can, you can train over Zoom as well. I mean, you can train anyone. Right. Oh, yeah. None of my training is in person anymore at all. I used to fly around and it was exhausting. And then people had to fly and it was exhausting and expensive. And I mean, getting ready to go and then decompressing when you come back, it, it was a lot, yeah. you know, yeah. and then, you know, having some intent for I usually teach for four intense days. Um, you it, it you took about uh, transformational breakthroughs. And um, what are those? And can you you know, give me maybe some um, some examples of people who have had that. Yeah. So, you know, like that Lucero story is like a transformational breakthrough. Okay. What I find is that as students come into this work, like I, my training program is called the Animal Energy Certification Training Program, but it's really about spiritual development it's about personal transformation. It's about learning to be more psychic. It's about learning how to, you know, how to work with your thoughts and how, the, the thoughts you think and the words you use and all of that. There's so much more to it and communicating with animals and healing animals. But it's I, I consider it a transformational program because I'm not just instructing people on how to do this or that. You know what I mean? We're, we're, it's like a whole experience process. Um, so what I find is, I mean, I had one student from the Southeast part of the country where maybe it's, you know, this might be a generalization, but at, at one point in time, wasn't as open-minded to the spiritual metaphysical work. She came into my training and she didn't honestly know what a shocker was. Like she had, she didn't, she, I think she'd heard of them, but didn't know what they were, which, you know, it's hard to believe to, to me that someone might not know that because I've known about them for you know, right. decade, like, you know, since I was yeah, their second nature to 15, you, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you know, it's like not knowing what a tree is or something <laughs> in my mind. And she came into it with that and she didn't tell her friends or her husband or anything that she was doing this training. And I remember she ordered a pendulum from us because we used, we use, um, we have a healing system. And one of the things we often use with it is a pendulum just until we train ourselves that we can, or, or muscle testing to go through this, this system. And her husband opened the may opened it, the package. And he was, she said it was just sitting there on the breakfast table when she came down <laughs> this, and, and like, he didn't say anything, but he was like waiting for her to tell him what this was, you know? And <laughs> she, so eventually it was kind of funny because she kept saying, I'm not telling anyone, I'm not telling anyone. And then one day on the forum, she comes on and goes, Oh, oh I thought I was posting in this group and I posted on my private Facebook. <laughs> so now I'm the cat's out of the bag. Everyone yeah. knows what I'm doing. But she ended up coming into the program in that from that you know perspective and ended up leaving channeling this higher spiritual wisdom from animals that was just phenomenal. Mm, you know, wow. and it's you know it's the it's the animals, it's going through the process. You know, most of it was sort of given to me. I was sort of guided on how to set up the process that I do. And it mine is very unique and different, I think, from most trainings, but it's so people have so just by being with animals like just by being with my first horse which who I also write about chapter one is about the my story mm -hmm. of my first horse yeah um all every single I I transform being with any of those beings and so do the students so and the more they connect so it's like that was a huge transformation for that client Barbara it was mm -hmm. un un unbelievably wonderful yeah. and so you know it's it's there's all kinds of miraculous things. And, and I, I mean, I, I talk about them in my book. Um, if you want, I can share another one. If, if, you, if that's. Yeah, I'd love it. Yeah. So, um, okay. So here's a good one. One of my, fa my favorite two chapters are the last two for some reason. I don't know why, but 
So one of my, the second last chapter is about a veterinarian who had, you know, she, she was very open-minded. She, she worked at, at a racetrack mm-hmm. actually in the book. I changed, I, 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 the publisher made me change the part where she worked at a racetrack. So, so <laughs> I applied her to a different field. So she was okay. She, erase yeah, that. Right. <laughs> well, it, you know, it, she truly did work at the racetrack, but, right. but, but in this, in this book, I changed uh, the, like the, every single story in here is true. You know what, though? Hold that thought. We're yes. going to take a break. Okay. And then we, when we come back, yes. I want you to tell us a story okay. about the sure. bed at the racetrack. I'm outing it. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be right back. One thing's for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now back to the show. We're back with Lynn McKenzie. And Lynn has been telling us from her book um, about a horse that and she's been telling us she started to tell us a story when i had stopped her now she's going to come back and tell us our story come on back in liz and tell us about this horse thank you barb so there's a veterinarian that i worked with for many uh from over a period of years and you know she uh she eventually took all my trainings and was quite intuitive herself but would often bring me in on cases, um, oftentimes mostly her own animals um, when she needed assistance. And she had this really um, interesting scenario where she had one horse that she was absolutely, um, this was a woman who was who just loved animals, was deeply connected with them, would do anything for them, learned everything, holistic, acupuncture, you know, Chinese herbs, um, chiropractic, you name it, she learned it all. And excuse me, she, she had, a she lost one of her horses that she deeply loved. She passed. Well, um, that's hard. And it was just devastating for her. And then um, a while later, she had another horse friend um, that came to her in a kind of interesting way. And that horse ended up getting severely injured, like injured to the point where it probably wasn't um, in the best interest of the horse to stay alive, but she even had um, she even had a second opinion from another vet because her hip had broken and it had like separated. It had come down an inch and oh, like down two inches and over wow. an inch or whatever. So technically, she, in her mind, she thought that the horse should be put down because she didn't think the horse would ever have a nice quality of life. However, when she had a, she had a session with me and had me speak to the horse to see what the horse had to say to her. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, the horse had said to me that she was like, she was capable of healing the horse. And uh, I mean, when we're on the phone talking, she's crying because oh, yeah. she's just thinking like, this isn't possible. And how could I possibly do that? And the horse kept saying, you're like an amazing healer. You have way more gifts than you know. This is possible. And you can do this. So, of course, it was she loved this horse. So she didn't Mm -hmm. want to put the horse down. She was just thinking it was that it was going to be for the best. So she followed the the instruction of the horse and took a chance and found somebody else who could help her. Somebody who was a chiropractor who had written a book about uh, some other process that I I can't remember exactly right now. Mm -hmm. But to get but she basically, with his assistance, was able to heal her mare. And I mean, her thought was if this horse has to be locked in a stall for the rest of her life because she can't move because of this problem. Well, her horse got so much better from her healing. Like it was a miracle, literally what happened with this horse. 
Mm-hmm. She could go out and graze in the pastures and have a wonderful, you know, life. And eventually she got to a place where she was absolute, absolute, like actually able to be bred and have a foal, which you wow. wouldn't think from a horse that had such a bad break in their hip, because that's a huge part yeah, of the whole yeah. process. Did yeah. the horse tell her how to heal him? Um, like say, hey, do me a favor, go out and get these products. <laughs> you know. It was more, I think the horse guided her to this guy who was the chiropractor who had this method and he, he gave her some tips and I gave her some tips through the horse. And, you know, she, then she just, and she had taken all my trainings. So she Mm -hmm. had healing capabilities because my trainings, even though there's and a communication side of it, there's a whole healing system that I teach. And we're going to talk about that in a minute because you have amazing exercises in this book. So thank you. She, so she had, it's funny because I didn't want to have exercises in the book and the publisher wanted them. So, and I'm liking them. them. And most <laughs> people are good. saying how great they are. So right. <laughs> publishing the best. Yeah. Um, so anyways, just to make a long story short, she was able to heal this horse. This horse had a foal. And when the foal was born, it was, and she immediately recognized that it was the reincarnation of the first horse that she lost that she oh, was so wow. in love with. Yeah. And um, she called her miracle, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm going by memory, but I think that's what she called her. Yeah. Oh, what a nice story that is. But um, so at, when when somebody's in the middle of their pet is in pain and and sick and and you as the owner are so upset about what's going on, is can you communicate or is they are you so out of body that you can't stay neutral enough to communicate to hear? So here's the thing. Um, our, our animals are capable of communicating with us right up to the point of crossing over and even through crossing over and right away after they've crossed over. I've heard other things, but I've communicated with, you know, thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of animals and my own dog um, during his passing and right after. Um, so they and, and animals, first of all, when we really communicate with them through this, it brings so much more peace to us. And mm-hmm. allows us, helps us to heal in ways that we really need to heal and to understand things in a different level and to understand that they're still available to us, but just in a different form. So um, the average person, if they're losing an animal sometimes, or if they've just lost an animal, sometimes are better off right in the moment, having someone else do the communication. That ended up being what I specialized in, not by plan, but it just you know, when I did a lot of communicating, now I do more teaching, but when I did a lot of communicating and I, I, I'd have clients all day long and mm-hmm. somehow it turned out the death dying process and the afterlife turned out to be my specialty. Although I could do medical intuition and things like that, that just somehow became my specialty. Um, universally driven, I guess, but, mm-hmm. um, so I find that yes, people can do it, but it's easier when you have that much pain going on. Like our grief blocks communication often. So it takes a that's special what person I was that's yeah. able to, you know, get, get through into that, that space. Like, um, yeah. you know, I have blogs and stuff about how to help yourself during that death and dying process and that transition. And um, I have lots of YouTube videos on connecting with beings in the afterlife, but sometimes people need, like I, I would have people who would like a lot of my sessions, even now are people are I'm connecting with animals that have crossed over for people. And some people do it on, you know, once a month or once every six months for a couple of years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they are really amazing sources of guidance for us, you know, from the other side. So um, uh, we can really learn a lot from them and, and, and continue to awaken and transform ourselves so do do your pets stay with you on both sides of the veil and do they come back where in this case the the fall was her special horse from before mm-hmm. you know but is that the norm do they come back often and stay with you even uh, from the other side you know a lot of them do Trevor's mm-hmm. time in space with us over many lifetimes. And, you know, when Jigs was crossing over, he let me know he wasn't going to come back because he wanted, he had bigger things to do that would be best for him to stay in the spirit realm. But many animals do. And, you know, this might sound 
confusing to some people, but some animals come back to us, but they're not, it's, it's like they're in and out of that. Like, so let's say you had a cat and your cat passed and new cat come, well, cats really come into the bodies. First of mm-hmm. all, for visits, cats are commonly they I've heard cats, cat yeah. bodies visit yeah. and all of a sudden your cat is doing something completely out of character that the other cat would do, but this cat would never do. And that's because they've, they've just allowed that other being to come in for a few minutes to connect with you on the physical, because you may not be getting what they're doing on the spiritual realm to connect with you. Mm-hmm. But, um, but a, like if a cat crosses over, they could come back, but they may be in and out of that body so so it, it's hard to explain because our brains on this physical plane are kind of linear and yeah, things in yeah. the spirit realm are not so linear so it's like you could have like a cat come back to you and it's partly that other cat from mm-hmm. and, and it's almost like they share that space i've had two i had two cat sisters and when they passed and this is what i always see with cats when they pass all they do is move over a couple of inches. Their yeah. spirit oh, yeah, moves, yeah, 100%. moves over a couple of inches and nothing else changes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they just go on like nothing else has changed. They're still with you. And I mean, some of them have said it's like changing outfits or something. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, and that's what I try to teach people because when we understand this, like it helps us even understand what happens with humans when they trans, yeah. you know, transition and stuff. So, so yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. Tell me about humans transitioning and birds. There seems to be a connection. Yeah. So, and I will go a step further and say any being transitioning in birds, because it can also be an animal that transitions Mm -hmm. in birds. So when I was writing writing my book, this is my book, by the way, when I was writing my book, (laughs) I, um, I, I, I initially had chosen to do, um, I've broken it down into six sections um Mm -hmm. like partner teacher healer guide catalyst bridge i think that's all of them i might have missed one and all of them have exercises in there so i want to bring this in um that somebody can buy your book and actually learn how to communicate yes through your book and you have exercises of you explain how to do it and then how they how the exercise of what they need to do to experience it themselves. Yeah. And this book is kind of multifaceted because you could skip all the exercises and mm-hmm. just read the, the stories, which are pretty interesting and all true. Like yeah. I said, some of them, the names yeah. have been changed in a few circumstances, but I've had people say that, that just in reading the stories, they learned like, it's like, it's like there's this unconscious thing happening where you're learning how to do this just by reading the stories. So there's, mm-hmm. there's two sides to it, but anyhow, each section was designed to have three chapters. That's how I, I set my book proposal up for the publisher. And as I was re- writing, there was this whole situation. Like I look, I live in Arizona. I look right out onto a mountain. I have nature behind me. And I, I moved my desk into this part of my house because I look at a mountain. I look at nature all day and it's very expansive. Well, there was hawks out there flying around, flying around. And so I ended up realizing that it was Carly. Carly was my dog that transitioned in this, on the solstice of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was in the process, I was already, the book was already going and she wasn't in this book um, because mm-hmm. I wanted to put a lot of st- other people's stories, but sh- that was her coming to me in the hawk. But I was so focused on get on working and getting my book done because it's when crap ton of work let me tell you but 20 times the work <laughs> that's what I, I hear 20 times the work I could have ever imagined and I thought I was imagining well but anyways all of a sudden it became clear to me that I needed to have an extra chapter so mm-hmm. my last chapter is called a winged ambassador mm-hmm. and it's all about um this the hawk message and what that meant and it was Carly coming back to me through the hawk because she wanted to me to write about this one number one and she wanted to be in the book number two and I was kind of like it was like that they had to finally beat me over the head with a two by four almost before I could you know clue in. <laughs> and, but then so then I took that opportunity to go on and tell readers all about how when birds come to you it's very often um, beings that have crossed over and you know cardinals are the ones that are known to be mm-hmm. perhaps that you know the most common but I, I honestly believe that any bird and I've even had insects flying insects as well like dragonflies and things like that but they often come to us that way so if you lose a loved one I mean it could be a dove I've had 
people have a dove come and sit on their window ledge, you know, and wow. um, or a bird knocking on their window after they're or in their over. house. Often yeah. I hear people who are have lost someone and, and they're saying, well, you know, I, I need to set up the funeral, I'll go to the funeral, but there's this bird in my house. Yeah. <laughs> and they've never had a bird in their house before. Yeah. It's so, just you know, so interesting. So birds are, you know, so so when when spirits are on the other side, human or animal, and they are trying to get our attention, they can use all kinds of methods. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I have a whole video on all the different things, you know, on my YouTube, but um, like they can play with the electricity. They can do all kinds. You right, can see them. Right. You can see dense. Like sometimes you'll see footprints in the duvet cover of the animal, and oh, you have no animal left in the house. Or you know, Jigs woke me up and barked the first two, two nights. He was crossed over. He literally woke me up. I jumped out of bed to see what he needed, and re- remembered he wasn't alive anymore. Yeah, he did. He need. So loud. <laughs> Yeah. So the the birds really come to us um, and it can be, you know, it can be any bird. So I always say be on the lookout for all signs. And the, mm-hmm. the more we have handled our grief, the easier it is for us to pick up on the signs. But the wing, a winged ambassador is really great. And it talks about, you know, the medicine of hawk and what that means. And it was kind of interesting that she chose a hawk because hawk is all about greater uh, vision and uh, clairvoyance and clairsentience and connection and all this stuff. And it was, it was the culmination of what this whole book is about. So I had to add it in as a final chapter. So the book ended up, you know, what, one in 19 chapters instead of 18. Wow. Now, why do spirits pick um, birds more? It seems to me that especially people who have passed on within the week after they will pick a bird. Is it because yeah. birds, I don't want to call them ungrounded, but they are ungrounded. They aren't, they fly, you know, yeah. so. You know, I think that's a part of it. I think it's an easy thing, you know, like if they were picking bears or something, you know, <laughs> there's not as many bears around and it would be harder in, right. for a bear to get to, you know, the middle and of the And bear city. is so attached to the earth, so. Yeah, and, like- and you know, attached to specific um, geographical areas, whereas birds mm-hmm. encompass the whole planet pretty much. I mean, even if you were out to sea and someone died, you could still have a bird out there, you know what I mean? Right. So. Right. I think it's partly be, like, you know, I think of them as almost like reminiscent of angels or spirits the messengers. Or that kind of thing, yeah. um, you know, and I, there may be a better explanation for it, but that's sort of what I feel. And, you know, flying is kind of like what, you know, when, when an animal crosses, what they show me is it's like they, they leave their body and it's like they're free and they're flying and they're out of any encumbrances. And a bird kind of represents some of that, especially a bird that's free in the wild. Yeah. It is amazing how much they show up at, at the death of a person, yeah. not only an animal, but a person. Yeah, I, I know. To say, hey, I'm here. I'm here. You know, I want to just say one thing, and I don't. I think I mentioned it in my book, but I can't remember. But when Jigs crossed over, he crossed over on September 10th in 2007. And I happened to be, um, I had been in Arizona, living in Arizona, but I'd gone back to Canada and I was living on Vancouver Island. And my parents were live in Toronto and they were renting a cottage in, up north. Mm-hmm. And there was a phone there and I phoned them to tell them that Jigs had transitioned and they had been out on a walk. And they said that they knew the time was coming for Jigs. He was 14 and a half and he had a couple of things going on. Yeah. Um, they had been out on a walk and this, they, this bird came to them and was like really interacting with them on the walk. And it was a bird they'd never seen before. And they even had a bird book with them and they looked it up and they couldn't even find it in the bird. Wow. Book. <laughs> and when I phoned my mom to tell her, she said, we thought that was Jigs, Jigs you know, yeah. came to us on our walk, which would have been exactly during the time he made his transition. Came to say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. In that's a different amazing. province, you know, and everything. Yeah. There's no time and space in the spirit realm. Isn't that amazing? Well, you know, I want to wrap it up. We're running out of time and I want to thank you for being here. But I also want to make sure that you tell everyone where they can get hold of you. And you not only do you teach, but you do do private readings as well, even though we talked about your book and and again, give us the full name of your book. So my book is called Bark, Nay, Meow, Awaken to the Transformative Wisdom of your companion animal to activate your soul's highest calling. That's quite a mouthful. (laughs) It is, but it does cover. 
Good. And yes, and my like I I do do some readings. I don't have a full schedule of readings available because of my writing and my teaching. Mm-hmm. But um, I also have some senior associates who do readings as well, and that is Are all found. That some can of all, your students. Um. Yes. Certified. Certified. Handpicked people. Yeah. Couple yeah. Certified. They're all certified in my um in my methods, etc. Mm-hmm. So um that that is um one place to go um i have some free stuff like at my website lynnmckenzie.com if you go to lynn mckenzie it's l-y-n-n-m-c-k-e-n-z-i-e.com um on the very right hand side of the screen you'll see um you'll see a free training link Mm -hmm. And that'll give that that delivers this um, free training to you and invites you to a webinar, the free webinar that I have. Um, my if if you're interested in my animal energy certification training, which I mentioned a bit about before, is all about animal communication, healing, and personal development, spiritual growth, becoming more psychic, etc. That particular training, um, you can go to animal energy certification i think it is let me just look yeah animal energy certification dot com and that'll invite you to a webinar which introduces it and gives you a huge like 60 percent savings so there's lots of different ways to connect i'm on youtube i'm on facebook and under yeah under your name yeah and well and not completely animal energy is my trademark name okay Um, that's, that's um but i'm my facebook is now animal alchemy which is kind of strange but it's a long story mm-hmm. and i think on youtube i'm lynn mckenzie animal communicator you'll find my channel there okay um, and they can pick all of this up off your web page as well yeah i think everything should be on my web page which is just lynnmckenzie.com that's a that's a good place to go and it, the free webinar is quite instructional in it introduces my training but even if you're not interested in my training you'll still learn something from the webinar so and you can buy the book and and do a self Yes, the book, the book is really like, you know, it's got a lot of great information in it. Um, And it's, it's life changing, you know, if you if you let it be. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up. Thanks so much for being here. And if you if anyone needs to get hold of me, you can uh, email me at a view through the veil at gmail.com or a view through the veil.com. Thank you. Thanks for being here, Lynn. Thank you Have so a great much for weekend. having me. It was my pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.